If you want a little bang in your yin yang, come along. What is the must have funding in this bill for you? What cannot be cut? There's nothing that I don't think can be cut. When the Attorney General of the United States sets up a snitch line on parents, Americans aren't going to tolerate it. I think they're going to stand up to this accelerated march to communism that we now see. Coming into the United States of America on the West Coast, go through uh, Los Angeles and, uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. This is a special edition of the Sean Hannity Show. America trapped behind enemy lines. Day number 69. 69. Right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Thanks for being with us. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Look, we just chronicled what is the disastrous Biden economy. Uh, now we're, we're up against two really pressing problems simultaneously. One is the vaccine mandate. Joe Biden last night saying, yeah, we should fire cops and fire nurses and fire workers uh, at, at a time when we cannot afford to lose workers. Um, and we have the supply chain issues that we're all facing we've got now shockingly shouldn't shock anybody a record 100 ships waiting offshore at la ports with cargo i mean they're waiting out there it took longer than it took them to cross the pacific ocean for crying out loud ron DeSantis is saying come to florida i'll get them unloaded for you and yet these these ships just wait they won't even use automation i mean we are like in the in the stone age the dark ages when it comes to use of technology because of Democratic Party's unholy alliance with unions. Um, now, we have a situation where Biden was asked about this last night at this disaster of a town hall of his. Uh, and and just 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 listen to what a cognitive mess he is on top of the substance of it all. I was able to go to the private portion with 40 percent of all products Coming into the United States of America on the West Coast, go through uh, Los Angeles and uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? Is it Long Beach? Long Beach. Thank you. And I know both the mayors. So I went to them and I said, Save what can Anderson. we do? So I met with and they're privately owned, these these ports, the, the, these two. So I met with the business people. I met with all their major customers, the Walmarts of the world and all the rest who there are like 70 ships waiting out there, unable to get unloaded. So I and because not always the longshoremen don't always get along with the business folks in there. I got I have a relationship with them and I brought them together and I said, you got to be open 24 seven. No port there was open to open five days a week, 40 hours a week, 24 seven. They've all agreed to it. They've agreed to it. Now, we're getting very different anecdotal information because I just happen to know people in the trucking industry. I know people that own big companies, and I know a few people that own small companies in the, in the trucking business. And they're all friends of mine, and they're phenomenal people. And they're telling us a very different story. And the truckers are pissed off because they're waiting days and some in some cases over a week to get the loads that they need to keep working. 
And it's and that's why you see empty shelves at stores Um, in the Washington Examiner. They quoted one truck driver said that he had languished at the ports for hours and would welcome the chance to come on and and talk about it. The port is mismanaged 100 percent, says this trucker. He didn't want his last name publicized out of fear of reprisal. Probably smart. If the port was open, he would come. There's nothing about the truckers that is an issue. Although there seems to be a shortage of truck drivers, but that's a separate issue. Um, and then we have the issue of, well, why why haven't they automated a lot of the, the technology exists? Why haven't they automated a lot of this process? Why haven't they expanded the infrastructure? We keep he- hearing trillions and trillions and trillions on human infrastructure. Well, I could tell you roads, bridges and tunnels in New York suck. Uh, the, the better infrastructure are in states that have no income tax like Florida. It is a discernible difference how much better infrastructure in Florida is over, for example, New York or even California, for that matter. Uh, investigative reporter Tory Richards with the Washington Ex- Congressman Doug LaMalfa is with us. He's with California's first district. He's on the Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure. And OK, so they're not telling us the truth again. And the idea that these ports haven't been automated, updated infrastructure, new technologies not applied is unforgivable to me. But I want to get your take on it, because this is this is right there in the heart of your district. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Uh, I represent a far northern part of California that's uh, heavy on agriculture, timber, uh, even mine products, things that could be running through the port. And so when we have. Uh, instability in our ports, some of our perishable products, our food products, uh, they can get left wanting, uh, you know, when they need to be shipped. So this isn't really the first time we've had different issues flare up with the ports, but the problem is so much has to be funneled through such a narrow area and such in the handful of a very few people exercising a power play. And so we're seeing that there's a, a lack of uh, leadership and push, you know, starting with the White House on this, to, to get this resolved. I know the the president's team, they put together a task force about, I think, in June to uh, deal with backlog, deal with port. And the first thing they finally come up with in October is like, hey, we should keep the ports open for 24-7. Well, no kidding. But that, that wouldn't be the whole picture because when you're talking California, there's a litany of regulations across the board that do affect truckers, affect uh, the amount of truck drivers. And so, you know, there's a lot of suggestions we could put in that uh, if they would adopt them and push them through and, and, and overcome the the sacred cows of not daring to uh, have trucks that are older than 2011 on the highway in California or pushing the DMV to get more drivers uh, tested and registered, you know, they, they don't want to they don't seem to want to do that. It all comes down to the power of, uh, in the ports. Is, is there anything that, you know, that, that, or let me ask the question a different way. What are the top three things that can be done to fix this supply chain problem? It's a, it's a matter of, uh, I, I think, uh, first of all, having the ports go at a speed. You talked about efficiency. You talked about even automation. And so, you know, in about 2015, there was a big slowdown on West Coast ports. It wasn't quite a strike. It was just uh, moving slowly to unload ships until they got more leverage. It happened to be based on Obamacare, of all things, because they had Cadillac uh, as they were called, Cadillac health insurance policies, and they didn't want to be stuck uh, paying for them themselves. So it was a fight between them and the ports, interestingly, back then. So what we see here is that my understanding, and I'm hearing from some of the same people kind of like you are, in the trucking business, they might move you know, a container whenever they feel like it. 
And so that that is too much of a strategic importance for our country, for our economy, that you can have uh, that kind of action going on. So I think really the impetus is to, uh, if whether it's an infrastructure upgrade, and it doesn't always necessarily going to be federal government spending money on it. It might require something at a different regulatory level of uh, as, as bad as these bottlenecks are. But on, on the California side of it, the the California Air Resources Board has made it where you can't use trucks older than 2011 now. And so it limits the, some of the trucks. Uh, by the way, you know how dumb that is? It's because really I happen to know a thing or two about airplanes, and I know a thing or two about what they do with commercial trucks. They take them, The commercial 18-wheeler is taken in every 300,000 miles, and you correct me if I'm wrong, from any reputable company. It is stripped down. The engine's built right back up. Uh, they build out a new cab. They put on new tires. They put on a new – everything is redone. So the idea that anyone's driving an old, dilapidated, broken-down – four million mile rig is a bunch of crap that i mean they've constantly redo it for example most people listening to this program won't know that they've gotten on delta or american or united at some point in their lives and the plane was first built in the 1970s uh the way it works in maintenance with planes is every three thousand or every whatever thousand hours an engine is used it doesn't matter if it's running perfectly they're going to rip it out and put new engines in and then x number of years they're going to strip that airplane down to its pop rivets and rebuild it from the ground up so i mean that's such a lie on their part isn't it it is because uh, truckers have to maintain their trucks to a certain level of standard uh, a standard of safety a standard of uh, pollution tests especially in california and so if you're belching smoke the, the cops are going to see that and they're going to pull you over and then you have an annual inspection anyway but they had to ratchet it up to another level based on you know, california is getting rid of barbecues lawnmowers leaf blowers and even get this uh generators gas-powered generators now our power is going off in in california a lot because of uh a, a grid that's stretched to the limit, and then we have high winds, you know, because the wind blows in California, they shut the power off because a tree might fall on the power lines and cause a fire. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's amazing what we deal with out here. But uh, that all said, uh, the trucks are limited by what's available. And what, who this really hurts is uh, the more independent truckers. A bill in California called AB5, which was adopted or tried to be adopted at the federal level to uh, make it where everybody has to be uh, basically, uh, part of a union, part of uh, part of an employed situation instead of independent self-contractors, right? And so they were trying to push that at the federal level, and they're trying to rub out the smaller independent people that haul these that can help haul in and out of ports. Too. Okay, There's we need all hands things. on deck. We need every truck we can get right now, and and we need every hand that we can to, you know. But of course, the unions aren't going to let non-union people help. Why would they ever allow that? Um, I'm going to run, but, you know, it might have also been helpful if the transportation secretary, okay, you're out on on paternity leave, fine. How about putting somebody in that position, at least on an interim basis? Well, the Um, secretary has shown that he's not really that essential for two months, right? Well, no, I mean, look look at the disaster when you don't have somebody that's actually engaged in running it. Fine, take the paternity leave. Put somebody in charge while you're away. Anyway, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's, uh, and uh, look, uh, whatever. All right, thank you, Congressman. Hey, thanks for having me on, sir. It's again, it's like every other problem we have. It's all preventable, all of it. 
Quick break. We'll hit the phones when we get back. 800-941-SEAN, our number. We'll take phone calls till the uh, rest of the hour. So uh, stay on the line if you're waiting. 800-941-SEAN. Quick break. Right back. An amazing Hannity, 9 Eastern, on the Fox News Channel. Alec Baldwin. We'll talk more about him and more. Let's get back to our busy phones here. Joe is in Texas. Joe, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. What's going on? Hi, Sean. How are you today? I'm good, sir. Glad you called. Yes, I just wanted to call and follow up uh, after that interview that you had with Chris Christian, Mike Pompeo yesterday. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I loved everything that they had to say, and I really love that they're both fighters. And I agree with you. You know, I mean, I don't agree with Chris Christie all the time either, but I know he's a fighter. Now, when he's on the right side and you're fighting together, he's a good ally to have. There are a lot of times he pisses me off. I'm not going to be, you know, and I call him out on it and he knows I call balls and strikes. That's it. Yep. And but my thing is, is, you know, we talk about accountability and they said we need to hold them accountable. Well, you know what? Aside from voting him, voting him out, besides calling them on a daily basis, you know, what other recourse do we have? Because really, I don't feel like we have a whole lot of time left, and I don't think we can look, wait another it, it, two years. You, you, you don't know, have an option. Now, now for, look, there are a lot of friends in my life that have that have kind of moving towards the doomsday, you know, scenario. And I'm trying to talk a lot of people off the ledge here. It is bad, and it's that bad, and it's worse than I thought it would be. And I predicted it'd be really bad. Um. What what I think you see happening, though, is like, for example, I, I look at Liz Cheney. I knew Liz Cheney for years. I knew her dad for years. I got along with them fine. I mean, these are old Cold War warriors. Now, Democrats called Liz Cheney's father uh, a murderer. Bush Cheney lied and people died. That was that was the people she's now aligned with. Called him a, a criminal with his business dealings with Halliburton and wanted him to go to jail. And we've discussed this many times before. She's now aligned with those very same people. All of these foreign policy disasters, the Iranian envoy pretty much acknowledging that Iran will become a nuclear power. That's unacceptable. Liz Cheney is helping facilitate that. But because of this hatred and desire to purge the Republican Party of all things Donald Trump, because you've got the establishment wing of the party battling against the base of the party. And she's not going to win that battle. But what's fascinating is, is that she's willing to compromise everything she stands for and help people that stand for the very things that she had been against her entire life. I mean, at least say, I'm not going to vote for them. And she's being used by the Democrats. Here's the thing. We do need to get to the bottom of January 6th. One of the main things that we need answered is why wasn't the National Guard put in place before uh, the the before the monument speech and ready, considering the Capitol Police chief asked for it. He asked for it six times. Why was he denied? The White House asked for it, too. That's the main question. Once you kick off Jim Jordan and Jim Banks, those questions won't be answered. Now Liz Cheney's making reckless claims that Donald Trump organized the insurrection. Oh, he, did he organize it when he said many of you will march peacefully and patriotically so your voices can be heard? So, you know, she's got an agenda here. This this is, you know, purge the party of all things Trump. We do need to get to the bottom. We can't have what happened on January 6th ever happen again. We can't we can't have elected officials uh, potentially in danger like that or our institutions attacked. 
But I don't see the commission led by Liz Cheney or her ever once demanding a commission on the 534 riots that injured thousands of cops, killed dozens of Americans, that resulted in city blocks being taken over, police precincts being burnt to the ground, billions of dollars in looting and arson. And she doesn't say a word about it, which just confirms everything I'm saying, that this is one big foregone conclusion that the media mob is just trying to gin up every day. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going get to get to your calls. That's straight ahead. Then Ami Horowitz, oh my gosh, goes out onto the street, Berkeley, California, University of California, hidden camera to see if students will take their hatred of America to a logical conclusion and donate money to the Taliban to kill Americans. Did he raise any money? We'll find out. That's coming up. We made some money for our sponsors. Let's go back to making the liberals crazy. The Handman is back on the radio right now. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls here in a minute. 800 941 Sean, if you want to be a part of the program. I know we've been busy with other news. This is, I think, one of the saddest stories that I've heard in a long time. Look, I, I'm taking the personality out, out of this. Alec Baldwin hates Sean Hannity, and Sean Hannity does not like Alec Baldwin. Uh, that's that's not the issue here. Is So he's on the set. of a, He's making a movie called Rust. I guess he's going to play a cowboy and try and be Clint Eastwood. I don't know what, it is, what it's about. It's uh, It was being filmed in New Mexico at the Bonanza Creek Ranch in Santa Fe. And then all of a sudden we get word that an accident took place there involving the misfire of a prop gun. Now, a prop gun is, okay, you're in the movies, and you shoot it, and it looks like a real gun going off, but it's really supposed to fire blanks. And anyway, the the Western director of photography, apparently, according to all accounts, an amazingly gifted and, and talented woman, 42 years old, the director, Joel Souza, 48 years old. The woman died, and the other man is in, in critical condition. They're left into the hospital. Uh, now, of course, police have to they have to investigate. How is it possible in a prop gun that they had a, a live round in here? Now, people can make honest mistakes. I, I don't know why with a prop gun you would ever have a, a live round of ammunition in it either. Um do I really believe that Alec Baldwin did anything like this on purpose? I actually don't. Linda, you're looking at me. You're agreeing with me. For This is a rare moment. I, I don't <laughs> think it, it doesn't. I, I can't imagine even knowing him, fighting with him, battling with him over the years. It sounds like a terrible, terrible accident and tragedy. Now, with that said, we always believe in the presumption of innocence and due process. We certainly need an investigation here. How did a live round get in a prop gun? Apparently, there was uh, one report that Alec Baldwin was seen, you know, hysterically crying on the set after the incident when he finally realized what had happened. Uh, And apparently he put out a tweet saying that he's in touch with the husband and the families of these two people. One lost a loved one and the other is fighting for their life. What are your thoughts on this? I got to be honest with you. I mean, I think it's heartbreaking. Um, heartbreaking. I don't, 
I, it sound, it's such a weird thing. You know, I, I read the story this morning and I read the, the police report from the sheriff's department and, you know, they airlifted the woman out. You know, she was only 42 years old. The other guy was released after, you know, being um, visited in the hospital and, and, and all that. And, um, you know, he, he seems to be okay. But this is one of those tragic accidents where it's like there's, I think everybody's just devastated. And it's going to, you know, they're investigating you know, there have been no charges placed yet. And whether you like Alec Baldwin or you don't, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's you don't want to see this happen to anybody. You know, I mean, and and the weird thing was supposedly they they had just gotten done running through the scene and the director said, let's run it again. And it was like they were like joking around about the fact that they had to do it again. And then like this accident happened and everybody just kind of went, wait, what just happened? I mean, it's just this horrible chain of events and nobody knows exactly what's going on. I mean, I can't even, I, it's just tragic. I don't think there's any worse way to, to lose someone in a tragic accident where you don't get to say goodbye, and I've, my heart breaks for her family. It really breaks for her family, the, the family of the director. And, and I, honestly, as, as much as Alec Baldwin hates my guts, I would be shocked if, he had, if this is anything other than an accident. And I'm saying that very sincerely. You know, right, um, exactly. You're being very fair and you're saying like, it's kind of like shocked. when we talk about COVID, I, I, I don't want right anyone now, to get COVID. I believe it, it sounds to me like, for example, when the the Brian Laundry case, now that he's dead, he's, you know, they found his, they've confirmed that that was his body. Um, I suspected him from the very second that story came out. There's certain things. Now, I always say, because I believe it and it served us well on this program, not to rush to judgment. We end up being right. More times than not, my gut says, no way. I think this sounds like a tragic, tragic, tragic accident. I don't know if maybe if they had filmed this first scene and then were refilming it, which is very common in the film. The one scene I did in Let There Be Light, I think I did 35 takes. And, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. I can't even Are do you it serious? Again I didn't know that. No, yeah, they make you do it because they want the best one makes no sense to me whatsoever it wasn't 35 maybe about the, be, 20 the best one of you sitting behind a desk pretending to be a, a talk show host? A talk show no really? me, me playing me is was not that hard to do <laughs> that's like, the opposite uh... of what clint eastwood does yeah, exactly clint eastwood makes you do the first take and that's, that's it. it you're done i agree with you know who was like that what made jackie gleason great and it used to remember he did live television a lot of these episodes of his were live and he'd never rehearse. And so everybody around him, the supporting cast, they, they had to be on their toes. Look, I, I have my faith in law enforcement, and I know they'll be doing forensic work and so on and so forth. But in all seriousness, uh, we pray for the family that lost this young woman. And, and apparently she had a young child. And this man will pray and then he gets back to health. And. You know, it sounds like, looks like, feels like a tragic accident, but, you know, we'll have to follow the evidence and and see what the police say after they do their full investigation. But I, I don't I don't believe he would be involved in that sort of thing ever as much as he hates my guts. You know, that's kind of a difference. You know, it was interesting. I watched a John Stewart made comments about the Wuhan virology lab that went went viral when he was on with his buddy Steve Colbert. And then he stuck up for, I guess, Dave Chappelle is in the middle of this controversy over his latest stand-up routine. It, the controversy caused me to watch it. Did you watch it? I've seen parts of it, yeah. Okay. You know, I, I watched a David Letterman interview with Dave Chappelle, and I came away from that really liking him and thinking I he's think a he's cool great. guy. 
And he I lives in Ohio, good. but where he grew up. And he wants to be, he doesn't want to live in Hollywood. He doesn't want to live in New York. And right there. And and I understand people's sensibilities. Uh, p- people get offended, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We've got to get to a point, in my opinion, and we'll start with me. I'm I'm offering myself up. You can say any single thing. If you're a comic, you want about me. Say anything you want as long as it's funny. And we've got to give these these creative artists and comedians latitude to be irreverent and controversial and over the top and funny and and not get so easily offended. And maybe people need to sign waivers. Okay, the show you're about to watch or the show you're about to go inside and see is filled with the following content, blah, 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 blah. If you are uncomfortable hearing the jokes about this, 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 and this, don't go. It's just like if you don't want to watch the special on Netflix, don't watch the special. Well, this is the whole thing, right? So we live in America. People do all sorts of things that we don't agree with. And people are sensitive about all sorts of things that we don't agree with. So it's up to you to make a decision as a grown-ass adult not to watch something that might offend you and be okay with the fact that it's all right for somebody else to like it and it doesn't offend them. And I don't really understand why this is suddenly such a big deal. Dave Chappelle is a comedian. He makes fun of every single person. He always has a joke about everybody. He had a show that went on for years, and all they did was rip on people constantly. And you know what? Some people I, like that I humor. Think him Some and people Chris don't. Rock are the two funniest comedians out there today. I love the George Carlin. The only ones back that in the day. seem willing to cross that line, and by crossing it, then there's no meanness in Chris Rock's heart. He's just being damn funny. And saying things that people wouldn't say. And, and that in and of itself is funny to people. I love. Do you know uh, Sebastian Maniscalco? He's my favorite. Yeah, he's yes, my new favorite. He sent me his tapes. I watched Oh, him. my God. Another but one. But again, another guy that, that fits in that category. Yeah. He makes fun of everybody. Everybody. You know, and it's okay. And you have to be able to be self-deprecating enough to be able to walk away and say, okay, next. Not a big deal. All of a sudden now everybody, I mean, it seems like everybody needs to sit in the corner and talk about their feelings and needs cocoa and a warm blanket. Get over it. You know, some things are just a joke. You see, but I don't believe people are as offended as they claim to be. I think they're full I think of you're right. I think it's people, all about the moment. Yeah, I think. And if they can use it to bludgeon somebody or silence somebody or get somebody fired. It's interesting because there's only a few people emerging and all three, you know, and all of them hate me. I mean, Stewart, Bill Maher, you know, there's only a few people challenging this this wokeness. I mean, Vladimir Putin, I don't know if you saw the comments that Vladimir Putin made about being woke. Did you see this? I did not. Vladimir Putin, during his speech yesterday uh, on the far left woke ideology, said it's causing societal ills throughout the Western world, saying it's no different than what happened in Russia during the 1917 revolution. This is what he said. He said, we see the bemusement, the paralysis unfolding in countries that have grown accustomed to viewing themselves as the flagships of progress. He said, of course, it's none of our business what's happening. The social cultural shocks that are happening in some countries in the in Western countries, some believe the that aggressive blotting out of whole pages of your own history, affirmative action in the interest of minorities, requ- requirements to renounce the traditional interpretation of basic values as mother, father, family, and the distinction between sexes are milestone, a renewal of, of society. And he said, 
Western nations had a right to do whatever they want. The overwhelming majority of Russian society rejected those new ways of thinking. I mean, it, it almost sounded like he was mocking the Western world for this woke mindset and saying, yeah, we went there, it failed, and we moved on, and you're stupid enough to follow that failed plan. That You can interpret it that way. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think there's two schools of thought on that, right? So I'm never going to agree with Putin on anything because I think he's a maniac. It's not a matter of agreeing. He's a, no, he's no. a hostile actor that hates he us, is. and his regime hates us too. But he makes a valid point in that, you know, we had this society that was all about live and let live. And now it's live and let live so long as you don't offend the following people on this list because we make the rules because we say so. Um, and it can change at any given moment. Right. And, and we're seeing this all over the country. It's it's literally every day there's a new thing to be offended by. I'm like, I don't have time to be this offended. I have to go to work. I got to feed my kid. I got to pay my mortgage like you guys need to stop sitting around and thinking so much about what you're upset about and get back to work. You know, that's that this whole culture that we have of talking about how upset we are about what somebody else said. Why are you thinking so hard about what somebody else said? Get on with your life. Live your life. Stop worrying about what everybody else is doing and get to work. Where is the work ethic? It's gone. So Putin's right. And, you know, at some point when you go all the way over to the edge, you have to do a flip back. And you come back to some of those more traditional, you know, ways of thinking. And the traditional way of thinking now is not even the original traditional. It's just leave me alone. It's the leave me alone way of thinking. I just want to live my life. Defended Chappelle was Joe Rogan. By the way, Joe Rogan, did you see that statement by uh, that arrogant jackass statement? Doctor Sanjay Gupta, whatever his name is, the doctor at CNN, you know, goes on Joe Rogan's podcast, and Joe says he's a friend, and they get along great. And he pressed him. Why did you and Network lie and say I was taking the the veterinary version, uh, the horse dewormer thing? And he goes, and he got Dr. Gupta to admit that his network was wrong. Now his network, they're going out and attacking Joe Rogan. How about, you know, look, I'm nobody's doctor, and I know that, that there are even Harvard-trained doctors that support the treatment and therapies, say, that Joe Rogan liked, right? Okay. It doesn't matter. He got better. Why can't we just be happy that he's he's well? And, and why, why can't, can't we, we allow people to get better? Works? Right. You know, why, why is Joe Biden rationing something that we don't have a shortage of, like monoclonal antibodies? If we really and, care about curing people and getting rid of a pandemic, then we want people to get healthy in whatever way works for them, in whatever medicine works for them. You know, Katie and I were talking about it the other day. You know, you talk about cancer treatments. We don't attack cancer for each person the same way. It's a different, you'll literally go and meet with your oncologist. Every cancer's unique. Yeah. It's unique to that individual. You know, oh, you have, you know, this person, stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four. This person has it in the lymph nodes. This person has brain, This whatever it is. And even if you have the same type of cancer, it's treated completely differently to what's going on with you. You have diabetes, the same thing. But all of a sudden with this virus, everybody gets this one size fits all medicine. And if you so much as blink and say you want to try something else that might work better for you, oh, forget about it. It's 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 the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. And Joe Rogan is standing up and saying, no, I'm not going to take it. All right. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean is our number. If you want to be a part of the program. Look, at the end of the day, this this is like goes this goes back to the Howard Stern era for crying out loud. And that is if you don't like it, turn the channel. If you don't like Don, Don Amos, turn, turn the channel. If you didn't like Rush, turn the channel. I mean, everybody has choices and liberty and freedom, and you don't have to watch or listen to anybody. And don't claim you're as offended as you are, because I don't I don't even believe it. 
You should be offended at the disgusting display of abandoning Americans at what's happening at our border, giving up energy independence, inflation, the out of touchness of Joe Biden and the cognitive mess that he is as the president of your country. There's something to feign a little outrage about. The Sean Hannity Show is up next. Hang on for Sean's conservative solutions.